Welcome to the New Mercies Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Caldwell. Today is episode number 15, and it's also the start of something brand new. I want to go through, over the next couple of weeks, the book of 1 John. I love the book of 1 John for several reasons, but here's why I believe God wants us to walk through this together over the next couple of weeks. I believe God has called each of us to a very unique, specific calling. He's called me to something that he's not called you to, and he's called you to something he's not called me to. He is not a duplicative God. He's not making copies of a calling and handing it out. He's a creative God. Everything is new with him. I love the phrase that God never changes, but he's new every day. Uh, It's this concept that we can never exhaust him. We can never find the end of him. And so today I want to share with you just a little bit about my calling. I believe God has called me to, if I could summarize it in a phrase, that phrase would be empowering sojourners to live their most purposeful life. And if you can even summarize that down into two words, my two words, Anthony Caldwell's two words are energizing vitality. Now, what that means is I believe God has called me to give an abundant amount of power two people to live their most purposeful, meaningful, passionate existences. I want you as a fellow believer, as a fellow sojourner here for a season before we go to our eternal home, I want you to live the most passionate, purposeful life you can possibly live. I want to do anything I can to give you as much power, as much encouragement, and as much inspiration as I can so that you will live without any hesitation without any hindrances. I want you to live your most purposeful life. And I believe we can find that in the book of 1 John. And I want to tell you just a little background about 1 John today. Tomorrow we'll start looking at verse 1 all the way down to the end of the book as we go through over the next couple of weeks. But today I want to give you just a little background into the book of 1 John. John, we know, is the first generation apostle. This is the guy who walked with Jesus. He was the love, the one Jesus loved, the apostle Jesus loved. As he's writing this letter, this letter is not written to the first generation of believers. It's not even written to the second generation of believers. In fact, this letter is written to the third generation of believers. Now, let me explain what that means. We can go and read the first couple of chapters of the book of Acts, and we see the first generation of believers, right? We see the early church right as it's born. It's this beautiful, passionate, incredible organism that God has created. And as you read through those first couple of chapters, it is a passionate pursuit of Jesus. That's what it is. The gospel comes, these people who had heard Jesus, who had walked with Jesus, who saw Jesus die, who saw Jesus rise again, they got to meet him, his resurrected body. This powerful life was lived through those people. They were willing to stand up for their faith no matter what the cost, even if it cost them their life. They were willing to live for Jesus. And here's how we know that first generation is known for their convictions. They are known for a a conviction is something that you don't ever sway on. You don't ever give that up. It's a conviction. It's deep down in your soul. This is something that compels you and controls you. In fact, we even see when Paul writes the second letter to the church at Corinth, he writes that, For the love of Christ compels us or controls us. 
because we've concluded, we've, we've got a conviction that one has died for all, therefore all have died. It's a beautiful piece of artwork as Paul wrote those words those years ago saying, this is our conviction. This is what we live by. That's the first generation church. Well, the second generation church moves from these deep convictions to these truthful beliefs, right? It's just not quite as passionate, not quite as fiery, but there's still, we believe these truths. In fact, we'll teach these truths. We'll debate the truths back and forth. We'll even defend them, and we will show that we really do trust these truths. The problem is with each generation, the, the truth gets diluted just a little bit more. So by the third generation, that belief that was once a conviction, that first generation had a conviction of the truth. That second generation had a, tr- had a belief in that truth. But by the third generation, that belief becomes an opinion. That third generation is, it allows that truth to be diluted. It allows that truth to be changed. It accepts these counterfeits and it makes all this room for error. It makes room for problems to come. And so John wrote this book to that third generation because here's the deal. The third generation really needs a fresh encounter with God. This third generation needs something to revitalize their life so that they can live their most purposeful existence. As John is writing this letter, what's happened is the church, now the church we know in the book of Acts and we see through that first century, the church has dealt with a lot of outside persecution. Well, the problem now is there's some inside problems. So John, I love John and the fact that he deals with apostates. He deals with people that are false teachers. He says there's all these false things that are being taught in the church And so the problems are no longer from without. The problems are no longer coming at us. The problems are growing within us. So we need to abruptly change what's happening. What had happened in this particular time is there were three different lies that were being taught in the church. Specifically, the first one was that Jesus was not fully God. That Jesus was just a man who came and lived and had this life, but he was not fully God. There was another lie that was being told that Jesus was not fully man, that he was all God. So both of these we know are wrong because we know that Jesus was both fully God, fully man. I would love to break that down, but we just don't have the time. I would spend hours and hours and hours talking about that because it's an incredible, beautiful truth. But as these two lies were beginning to open up in the church and people teaching that Jesus was not fully God or people teaching Jesus was not fully man, Or there was this third lie that was coming in that Jesus wasn't fully either, that he was he was man until the moment of his baptism. And then he became deity and then it was changed again at the crucifixion and he became man again, which is confusing. I mean, how do you even work that timeline out? As I was looking through and understanding the history of this, John, I love how he just addresses things clearly. It is right or wrong. It is yes or no. He does not find a gray area in any of this. He shows, he proves this is the truth, the truth that we should have a conviction on, the truth that we should hold every bit of our convictions on. We should know without a shadow of a doubt, this is the truth. So as we go through 1 John over the next couple of weeks, I hope and pray that you can find that truth, that truth that Jesus is who he says he is, that he is wonderful and incredible. And this life that we can live is absolutely vibrant and beautiful. 
I hope you find encouragement today and look forward to going through 1 John with me over the next couple of weeks.